Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B. Martin. All right, everyone, welcome back. And today we're doing the first uh, recap of Season 2 with Elena from 3B. Hey, guys. Elena, how you doing? I'm doing well. Last week, we met Christy. No, not last week. Yeah, last week, we met Christy on episodes 23, no, 22, 23, and 24. Mm-hmm. And Christy is a former leader with the International Church of Christ. She didn't say it on her episode and our conversation with her. However, we've corresponded with each other several times. And one of the things that Christy said is that the church did what it was designed to do, Hmm. and that is to control people. Mm -hmm. And before her, we spoke with Dr. Melton. Do you know Dr. Melton? I do. You do? Yes. You think you're cool? (laughs) She also alluded to this sense of control. And prior to to Dr. Melton, we spoke with Tammy. And remember how Tammy said it was all about control, mm-hmm. you know, from the top down. We met Eric prior to that, Eric from the West Coast. I just feel like he's a West Coast guy all the way down. <laughs> he also spoke about control. Dell from London spoke about control. Kathy from Indianapolis spoke about control. Dr. Lalich, who is not a member of the International Church of Christ, but she mentioned how a theme that cults have is the sense of control over its members. Prior to this, we spoke with Kenny and Hashim. Mm-hmm. And they were on episodes, what episode was that, 25 and 26? Yes. And these guys are current members, and they gave us their take on what they think of the church currently. Mm-hmm. Now, I ask them, why did they stay with the church after the letter? Right. As you may recall, there was a mass exodus, and, and a lot of things changed after this letter. But they chose to stay, mm-hmm. and I asked them why. So that's the frame in which this conversation came about. So today, I would like to your thoughts on our interview with uh, Kenny and Hashim, who are currently members of the ICOC, whereas everyone else that I had named prior are former members, with the exception of Dr. Lalich, of course. I appreciated them coming and sharing their thoughts, sharing their point of view, and just their vantage point of, of why they stayed. Yeah. Um, they both acknowledged that they were, they were controlling uh, practices in the ICUC, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to. Were you surprised that they acknowledged that there were controlling practices? I wasn't surprised. I guess I hoped that they would acknowledge it, but I I wasn't surprised. Okay, I'm glad they did. I'm yeah. I'm glad it did actually. Um, so right now they're trying to help people by bringing it back to God. Mm. So, um, but. Listening to the overall conversation, I just had this burning question of... A burning question? A burning question. <laughs> okay. As I'm listening <laughs> listening to them is, but why are you still there, though? 
why are you still in the ICOC? Why are you still there? Even though, but they said that they don't even call it that anymore. I, even, I mean, Kenny said that he's not here to defend the church or anything like that. He did say and that. And he doesn't even consider himself a member right. of the ICOC. I think that's what he said. He did say that. He did. Right. He's like, I don't even call it that. I'm just a disciple of God, he said. Um, but you're still there, though. You physically go. You physically are present. You're still physically participating. So if you're not a member of it, then why haven't you left? What What purpose are you serving by being there? Okay. Like, okay. So I, th- I thought they explained themselves yes, well, pretty well. Well, they did. Yes. So, uh, let me break it down. So oh, you're going to break it down? <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. So, yeah. Yes. Hashim did a wonderful job just really explaining, you know, just what he's doing and what he's trying to accomplish. He he kind of made note that he is trying to, in essence, reconcile with the mm. fact that he was part of the controlling culture. And is that now, something he said, or is that the uh, he said is that your he, he, he did he did mention that uh, trying to make reconcile with the fact that he was part of it, you know. But now, uh, this is in my words, I feel like he's trying to rewrite that narrative. Rewrite the narrative, yes, of the ICOC and how it should be, you know. Like I, th- that's what I the take that I got. He's trying to, I guess, rectify. Hmm. How? How do you? How do you mean? Just by how he's going forth now is not controlling, not using controlling tactics. Him personally. Right, right. Him personally. Yeah. So he himself is on this journey to try to rewrite the narrative. However, again, my question is, but why are you still there, though? Why does that matter to you? (laughs) Okay, I have this analogy. Oh. That it's almost like sleeping on a dirty mattress. Okay, like, okay. let's say coffee stains, urine, just think of a dirty mattress. You coffee know, stains and urine? Urine, Oof. just, you know, blood stains, <clears throat> mouse droppings, bed bugs. But What kind of mattress is this? But it's a sturdy mattress. It's a what? It's sturdy. It's a sturdy mattress, but you just put a clean sheet on top of it. It'll be okay. Maybe I'll put double clean sheets on it. It's still a good solid, you know, it's a good solid mattress. Rather than throwing it away, right, because it's potential health risks, you keep it because it's dirty. Are you equating this church with a dirty mattress? Yes. How so? In the sense that they claim that they have changed their practices and changed their ways, but in essence, it's still kind of the same, you know, the same things that are still, people are still reeling with the effects of uh, controlling behaviors or mind manipulation so that's you know the questions i had you know why are you still there um kenny was talking about how he feels that he needs to reconcile with the fact that he was uh he said that or this is what you're you're deducing he did mention the world word reconcile because he acknowledges that he was part of that culture too you know that the, there was a controlling culture and he actually led with that same kind of tactic of, of having some control. So he's kind of reconciling with the fact, he has to reconcile the fact that he was part of that culture yeah. in which he now wants to, as I deduct, you know, rewrite the narrative, kind of change that whole you narrative. You think he wants, he's trying to rewrite the narrative? Yes. Um, about how it should be or how a church should be led or 
um, you don't have to take it to the, the extent that, that the ICOC did. So that's the sense I got, that he is now on the path of trying to right that wrong. I see where you're trying to go with it, but you're still there. And you're still inviting people there. Why? It's better that you rent an, uh, an empty lot or go to a public space and have church, or even better yet, have your home turn into the new church. Hmm. Make it that new environment that you want, that new community. But why are you bringing them back to this organization that caused emotional and spiritual abuse to people? That's my question. So, you know, it, it just was confusing to me. Mm, okay. I see where you're kind of going, but you're still bringing them back there. Yeah. You know, I had to, I guess, laugh or maybe not even laugh. You know, Hashim, you had you had asked the question about, um, would you consider it a cult? I asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. And Hashim was like, no, I wouldn't consider it a cult. He's like, the church that I'm in, I would describe it as a high commitment church, Christian weird, a period of history where we, uh, where we, we did a lot of uh, controlling things. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. That's how I describe it. What? High commitment, Christian weird, controlling things. No, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be a part of this. I don't care how you wrap it up in a bow. I'm not going to be a part of this. You know, why would you, uh, you know, ask someone to return to this or bring someone knowing the history? Oh, my church has a history of controlling behavior and, you know, emotional abuse. Um, you know, so do you want to study the Bible? It's not appealing in any shape or form, but he's okay with it. Why? What about that is not appealing to you, though? Or why doesn't it appeal to you? Because... Okay, high commitment church. Okay, whatever. You know, you're gonna live a life that's that's Christ. Like, well, what's what's your definition of high commitment church? When high, somebody says that, what what comes to your mind? High commitment. That means you have to follow rules. I mean, that's the first thing I think of. Like, okay. there's there's a lot of guidelines that you must follow. Yeah. If you want to be a, a member. Yeah. That's what comes to my mind. Yeah. High commitment. Um, Christian weird. So let me ask you back on the high commitment thing. So do you think that people who leave a high commitment church, you think it's because they don't want to be committed? No. Let me ask you something. Were you a committed member? I was. I was a committed member. How about when we spoke with Dr. Melton? Was she a committed member? She was. I think everyone from season one were committed people. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as I look at the list of the people that we've interviewed prior to this episode, I think they all were committed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they left because they didn't want to be committed anymore. Right. Go on. Right. So the high commitment, you know, it was, it became the, it's the controlling aspect of it that yeah. was the issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we've got to talk about that, you know, the, 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 the control. Yeah. So anyway, it didn't sound appealing, appealing at all. And then again, it begged the, the question of why are you still there and why do you want people to come? So we got a dirty mattress mm -hmm. and people are telling you what to do. Right. Okay. So no, thank you. You know, I uh, my feeling is, you know, in your in your quest to rectify the situation, to reconcile with the past, to make new, to bring people back to the basics, I would rather you find you start renting a, a a place and starting new, start a new, start your own church, start your own church, maybe. Why would that be better than trying to fix what was already 
Because you know that there was a history of abuse, emotional abuse. Yeah. Mental manipulation. And if you if you recognize that there's something wrong with that and you want to kind of help guide people in a different direction that's not that, yeah. then start fresh, then rather just put on a clean sheet on a dirty mattress. Mm. You know? Or, you know, I'd rather you just, listen, come to my house, let's my home, we're going to meet every week, we're just going to talk about the scriptures and figure out how we can be better, you know, citizens, point blank. But what do you say to the to the fact that there were good things that happened in this church, though? You think that's still worthy of somebody? Do you think that, all right, there were good things that happened. You think that that's good enough for somebody to say, all right, I'll stick around and give it a go? No, because there's too much of it. And there's too many years of things that went wrong. And people who were affected negatively. You know, so no, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. You know, I wouldn't stick around for that. You okay. know, which is why I feel like a lot of people left. Yeah. Because it just wasn't okay. It just wasn't okay. And then Kenny, I think Kenny <laughs> confused me. Kenny confused you? Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just felt like an overall sense of, I don't know. I think maybe he's kind of always done his own thing. Like kind of always been rogue. Yeah. Um. So I just feel like he, where he's at, he's just very comfortable. And that's where he's always been. He's always been comfortable and just doing his own thing. Hmm. You know, and um, but how does doing your own thing pertain to this church? Well, it, I just felt like it was, you know, he said that the church was doing, you know, a lot of controlling things back then or now. Back then, yeah, you know, but he wasn't about that. Yeah, you know, he was doing his own thing. Yeah, um, just bring it back to God, you know. But I just feel like, you know, Hashim had made and mentioned that he, that 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 Kenny was like a junior leader. What do you say, a junior junior manager, junior manager, something like that. Yeah. So if you're a junior manager then you're kind of carrying out the orders. So you're part of it. You're part of it. And you you're know, still carrying out the yeah. same thing. So I felt like there's a little bit of denial, like, ah, you know, they did that. I didn't do that. But you kind of did it. If you're the manager, you're under them. You, Because I did it. You said you did it or you yeah, did not? Yeah, you know, I did. I'm just saying I did it. You know, how you presented it to me, I presented it to them. So I just felt there's a little bit of a disconnect. Like I just felt like he didn't kind of want to be associated. But um, yeah, he he said that they, you know, he, in regards to is this a cult? He said no. He said they did not control me. I didn't. I was not controlled by this church. He was very adamant about saying very, that. Very, very adamant. And I just, you know, it just brought me to the the conversation with Dr. Lelich. Yeah. You know, she had mentioned that. Um, this this concept of bounded reality. Yeah. And bounded just, choice. Bounded choice. Yeah. Bounded choice. Um and to, as I understand that is, you know, the church makes it appear like you you have choices. You know? Like we're not controlling you. Oh, but the, here here's three choices. Which one do you want? And you choose the best one that you think is, you know, but it's still choices that they presented to you. So you're still stuck in the confounds of their thinking the aware mm. of being mm. so yeah kind of were you know being controlled but you didn't think you were you, you, it's very confusing you know and i think that what's what's very confusing i think that someone can feel confused like oh no i'm definitely making my own choices but not stepping back to see like no this is where they want you to be they wanted you to make these choices or they gave yeah. you a limited amount of opportunities 
you know, and you mentioned something to the fact of, um, if you, if, if someone comes to you and says it's a cult, I forgot how you put it. Okay. First of all, don't be misquoting me. Okay. <laughs> but you said something. I, I believe, um, I believe I asked, I said, so what do you say to those that say that it is a cult? Yes. That, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. You can't be misquoting <laughs> me out of these streets, man. Yes. Yeah, so you know? What do you say to those? And he, he said, you know, nothing. Just, I'll just listen to them. <laughs> he said that first. And then he said, I'll just bring it back to the Bible. Just bring it back to the scriptures. Does that bother you? I did. It did bother me. Why? Because I felt like, you know, you A, didn't really address it. B, I, that's, I feel like that's part of the problem with religion itself. Because most people who, the people who are part of the ICUC who didn't really know the Bible. I feel like how we learned it, I'm, I'm included. How I learned it is how you, you presented it to me. How you taught it to me. How you taught it to me. Are you suggesting him saying, well, let's look at the Bible it's is it look at the Bible or is it look at the ICOC's interpretation of the Bible? Right. And if you're against the ICOC's interpretation of the Bible, so when you're saying let's go back to scripture, so now are you teaching your new way, your mm. way of thinking about it? Mm. But then if you want to follow that route, okay, he's teaching the new way. Yeah. But that at some point it's going to come across about baptism, right? Okay. And it comes and there's a point where it talks about being part of a, a, a the kingdom or, or or so then where would the home church be? Where where is the community for these people that you're studying the Bible with and getting baptized? So you're going to bring them back to the place that you don't call ICC, but it is the ICC. I was so confused with that. So where are you? What are you doing? And it, it was just confusing to me. Mm. Where do you stand? Okay. And I was confused. Yeah, I was confused. Okay, I respect it. Mm-hmm. I respect it. What else yeah. you got there on these notes of yours? Um, something that they I think they both had mentioned about cult what what it looked like what our church would be if it's a how do we word it um they were talking about how the our program we were considering it the church a cult because we were baptizing in 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 vats and tubs <laughs> and fountains you know i i and thought that's the, what made it, it i i thought the baptizing in in vats and fountains I, I thought that was just funny. I thought that was just funny. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was just part of the story, like, you know, part of the experience. But go on. Yeah. So th- that's, you know, n- out of context. Like, that's not what made it a cult. That's not why we claim that this is this church is a cult, because we did those things. What we considered was the cult is the the manipulation and the control over its members. That is what made it a cult. High controlling over its you know tactics over its members that's what was cult not these you know christian weird that they dubbed it you know baptizing in fountains and inside hugs that wasn't it not at all and that i just want to, to clarify you know next week we're going to meet trisha from kentucky and trisha got baptized in 2017 and she left in 2019 And I'm going to give you a little preview, uh, Elena, as to what she was discussing. But she actually describes the church in the same way that you and I describe the church. Hmm. Her experience in the late 2000s is the same as our experience in the late 1990s. How interesting is that? That is. And then we're going to meet 
The week after that, we're going to meet a young lady named Rochelle, who got baptized in 2014. And she left, and I, I believe it was 2017 that she left. And she's from California. And her experience, the way she portrays her experience, is similar to the way we portrayed our experience from the 1990s. So for me, it begs the question, is the ICOC really different? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Because when some people say things like, well, you know, it was good for me. It was a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. So it can't be a cult. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, and, and I'm going to go on a tangent here. So um, if you want to not listen to a tangent, you can turn this off now. But it's story time. Are you familiar with the movie Gangs of New York? Yes. Gangs of New York. Do you know what time period that is? Mm, no. So Gangs of New York is New York City, 1863. For those who don't know, Gangs of New York is a movie that came out in 2002, 2003, I believe it was, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Daniel Day-Lewis, in which they depicted the gang violence in New York City in 1863. And the backdrop is the Civil War. That's what was happening in the country. Mm -hmm. And even more specifically, the conscription riots in New York City of 1863. Are you familiar with the conscription riots? No. Oh boy, here we go. In 1863, approximately 10% of the African-American population in the United States were free people. Okay. 10%. And half of that group lived in the South, and the other half of that group lived in the North. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So in the North, there were actually Black people that were free. Okay. okay. Boom. Now, those Black people, they could say... Yeah, slavery is a problem, but it's not my problem. That's not my life. Could they say that? Yes. They could. They could say, no, nah, nobody controls me. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody. I'm free. However, I would like to argue that even though they are free, slavery still affects them. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Going back to the conscription riots. Conscription, you know what conscription means? No. Conscription means drafting people for war. So in 18... So the Civil War started 1860... 1861, 1862, the, 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 the war is in full swing, right? North versus South. And a lot of people in the North were like, yeah, man, we got to end slavery. It's messed up. It's not right. We got to end it. Yeah, man, we, we're, we're riding with you. Boom. So then 1863, President Abraham Lincoln says, all right, cool. We need to draft people for this war now. <laughs> and the white people in New York City lost their goddamn minds. Why? Because they were being drafted for this war about slavery and they weren't slaves so you know what they did what not all white people in new york city at the time but there was a large portion of white people in new york city they went to black neighborhoods and burned and looted and killed and rioted and destroyed black neighborhoods in new york city in 1863 because they did not want to be drafted for this war to end slavery Hmm. So the black people who lived in New York at the time who were free, were they slaves? Mm-mm. They were not slaves. But were they affected by slavery? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this, this might be a, an extreme example for some. And I get that. But I, I need you to stay with me here. Because in the same vein, saying that the church was negative for some... 
but not negative from me, can prevent one from actually seeing that a problem for some, in many cases, is a potential problem for all. And that can't be a good thing. And with that being said, join us next time on The Reclamation.